welcome back to the 23rd edition of the Sports Rundown Podcast. We will start out this podcast by talking about the NFL. The NFL has had many big things that have happened over the last week since we have spoken last. One of the big things have, that has happened this Sunday is many injuries went down and there are many people who are looking for trades. We'll start out by talking about two of the biggest injuries that people will know, with two that are injuries that will be long-term and one that could be day-to-day. The two that will be long-term is Big Ben or Ben Roethlisberger, who is the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He will be out for the entire rest of this season with a elbow injury. This was sustained in week two. It wasn't really evident of like a play if you were watching the game of like whenever he went down, it wasn't like evident like, oh, that was the play that oh, Big Bang got injured, like, sometimes you can see whenever they get hit, oh, they like, they broke a clavicle or, like, their knee popped out of place or something like like that type of an injury, like a season-ending injury, such as, like, Nick Foles for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're, they will be accompanied by a backup for this week. Well, they, they were for this Sunday. It's looking like Big Ben is looking like he would be out for the rest of the season at this point, and it's looking like... He still has three more years left on his contract. That will go through the year of 2021. So with him out, he has made a, he has come out and said to the public, he has talked his first time post-injury and post-analysis of how long that he will be out for the season. He has come out and said that he is ready to fulfill the rest of his contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and is ready to come out looking, he's ready to come out looking better than he ever would than he ever had. The next quarterback has suffered an injury. He will not be for this season, but it will be for an extended amount of per- extended period of time. It will be Drew Brees. He's the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. He will be out six weeks with a hand, with a ligament in his hand being being torn, as this will result in surgery for him. This is a, a ginormous blow for the Saints, as they suffered a crucial loss in a big game against the Rams this Sunday as the Rams were led by Jared Goff and Cooper Cup. But it's looking like the fact of the Saints could be in deep trouble at this point just because the fact of he he hurt his hand. And, I mean, the, the best that they have coming off the bench for the backup to back up Drew Brees would be Teddy Bridgewater. And, I mean, he hasn't exactly shown himself to be a starting quarterback at this time. As I said, there are also players, one player in particular, that is looking for a trade out of the place that he was at at this moment. And that is Jalen Ramsey. This is very recent. It just happened this Monday. He was requesting a trade after a loss last Sunday. There are going to be probably most teams in the NFL, besides with the exception of a couple, that will be looking after Ramsey and will be wanting to give him money just because of the fact of, for one thing, DeAndre Hopkins came out before their evident loss, evidential loss to the Texans. And said this is the only guy he thinks that can stay with him playing man-to-man in the NFL. And at where most people have doubted, DeAndre Hopkins the best receiver in the entire NFL. That's like a really big accomplishment, kind of, to hear from the best receiver in the league. That there's only one quarterback in the league, and that's Jalen Ramsey that can stay with me. Like I'm, He's that good, and he, he's the only one that can stay with me. So there's no doubt in my mind that there will be many teams that are coming after him and will be trying to get their hands on him just because of how like good he plays. like He's been a lockdown corner ever since he's come into this, this league out of Florida State, and I feel like he's just he's just going to get better. There's, I definitely don't think there's a chance that he gets worse. I think the only the only place that this, that this kid's going to go is up at this point, 
but I feel so. I feel like this could really be a big thing for him. Like if he can get on a team that especially can be a playoff team and he can show himself in big time game situations. I really think that this can be like a big deal for him, and it can really like it can really be like, hey, I deserve I deserve more money because look, you I finally got to the playoffs. The thing that the Jaguars couldn't do whenever I was there for a multitude of reasons, but it's now looking like the fact of like he's trying to say, oh, I've made these plays. So I think I deserve more money because I'm making big-time plays. And if he can make those plays, all the power to him. He deserves the money. But, I mean, it's just going to come down to can he make those plays, which I, I believe he can. I've seen him play. I've seen him play before. And I, he, I, he's a very talented corner. I, he's, he's very young, which I'll, I'll talk about later in this NFL part of this podcast about the young talent that will be coming up for the NFL. He's not young compared to probably some of the people that we'll be talking about with him coming out of Florida State. We'll be talking about other names later, such as Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, the number one pick of last year's draft. So, I mean, and I think that just to say later, I think there are definitely a lot of young talent in the NFL right now that's definitely going to make their mark this year. Up next is one more injury. He will not be out for the season or extend a period of time, but it will be day-to-day. It will be yet another injury for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers, after taking a bad loss, or like a, a, a horrific loss, what some people would say, week one at Farkspur to the 33-3 loss to the, to the New England Patriots, which a Patriots team that some people say they're comparing to the 2007 Patriots team that that was able to go undefeated all 16-0 through the regular season. They're... Projecting them to be, some people say they could be better than that, which I don't know if I agree with that, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But getting back to James Conner, after they have lost to them, and then they go on to lose to the Seattle Seahawks last Sunday, I really think, I think, and then James Conner has had the injury. So I just want to say, with Ben Roethlisberger now out and James Conner out, having Mason Rudolph have to come in as the backup for Ben Roethlisberger. He'll be their backup quarterback, and you have Jalen Samuels. He'll be the second-string running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He'll have to come in. Samuels, I, I, I like him. I think he's a very good and very strong runner, but I just don't think he has, like, for one thing, I don't think he has experience that James Conner does or anything close to it just because of the fact of just he's not, like, that experience. Like, he, he wasn't playing right out of college. He's always kind of been a backup coming out of the out of NC State. But I feel like this could definitely be his time to shine, and if and if they if the Steelers won't even have a chance of making the playoffs, their young talent's gonna have to grow up a little bit. Mason Rudolph's gonna have to turn into a quarterback that can make big throws in big time situations. Juju's gonna have to have somewhere close to like one of his best years yet, or like one of what will might be his best years right now. And then and then especially the defensive backfield after losing Sean Davis also to a shoulder injury. He was also lost in the loss to the Seahawks. I think the, the Steelers, if any people would be looking at, like injury prone, they're known for being a good team year in, year out. But can, is there a chance that their young guys can really make a play? I think there'll, there'll be some people that just all around the league watch them just to see if they can still make it work with the having a very young core of a team with some older players thrown in. As I talked about, they lost 33-3 to to the Patriots week one in Foxborough. Some people thought, oh, the Steelers were going to come out big this year. They're looking they're looking good. Juju's going to come out and have a big game. That wasn't exactly what happened. As the Patriots' defensive backfield looks even more dominant than before, their defense especially looks very dominant. But, I mean, it's that's not what people are talking about. People are talking about the offense. Antonio Brown, he, last Sunday, had played his first game as a New England Patriot. And it looks like he's clicking. He and... Looks like he and Tom Brady are same page, very, very, like, just right off the bat. Like, just, just like this, and they're like, they're off and running. 
as AB had a touchdown as they steamrolled the Dolphins, who are now like really the Dolphins, as we'll talk about, they're kind of like they're as deep in a hole as you can possibly get with being out, being just losing in a record game to first 59-10 to the Baltimore Ravens and then 43 nothing to the New England Patriots. So I think the Dolphins, if there's any team you want to talk about, wow, at least there's the silver lining that we're not the Dolphins. I mean, that's kind of hard to say, but I mean, it's kind of true. Because they're kind of they're kind of put at the lowest point that you could possibly be at at this far into the season. Now, just looking about like overall takeaways, number one would probably be the Patriots and just how with AB, when they start clicking, this could easily be a as I mentioned earlier, this could easily be a sixteen and no season for them. As some people say, they have a softer schedule. I've heard a couple of analysts say that they have a softer schedule than the years prior. So if anything, that means that'd make it even easier for them to be able to have a ginormous year. And I mean, if you have AB, that's just another guy that you have to double team going on with Julian Edelman. You know, Josh Gordon. Then you have, you have just you have a lot of young talent too, like Dorsett. He he'll be for them too, and it's just going to be like it's going to be a lot of young talent that would be for them. That would be there for the Patriots, and it would really help out Brady because he'll have so many options. Not to mention he can hand the ball off to James White, which was a very Bounds him and Rex Burkhead, who are very, very accomplished, and they were accomplished in the in the title run last year for the New England Patriots. Now, as I said before, probably the second takeaway would be there's just going to be a lot of things shaken up with the Drew Brees injury in the NFC, and the pay, and the Steelers having James Conner injured and Ben Roethlisberger injured. As the Steelers, yeah, they 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 might be zero two. If they still had Big Ben for the rest of the season, James Conner, like they weren't banged up, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, they're gonna put a couple wins together. They'll finish like nine and seven, and they'll be in the playoffs again." But now, now probably the city of Pittsburgh over anybody's worrying. Like, is this gonna be the, like a year that we don't make the like we don't make the playoffs? Like, it, it'd, it'd be like a reason. There'd be a reason why. It's gonna be like, "Oh, why do we just not make the playoffs? Not like our starters were playing." But I mean, every year there's teams that's cursed with injuries. But I mean, the Steelers is kind of in a staple that they're usually in there with New England fighting for the AFC. And now it's looking like the Chiefs could be a staple. As there are some teams that are just in there every year looking also over to the NFC as the Saints are one of those teams in the NFC. Speaking of the AFC, the Ravens, they are also in the Steelers division. They are off to a crazy hot start with Lamar Jackson looking at like, looking like a quarterback, which would some people be like, of course he looks like a quarterback. Some people just, they had, Lamar Jackson has had a lot of, I've got a lot of flack coming into the league just because of the fact of he, he's, some people thought whenever he came into the league, he was a run, he's a quarterback, but he had a run before pass mentality. Even though in that, in that, 59 to 10 win week one over the Raven over the Dolphins excuse me he he was just he he played it terrific in that game but I mean a lot of people he's still just going to get flack because a lot of people haven't said he hasn't shown himself in big games like they haven't won big like they beat Arizona and Kyler Murray week two they beat him at the end but it was again at the end with a Cardinals team that some people would say is struggling and I feel like the Ravens they're definitely off to a hot start and Lamar Jackson's really starting this this looks like if he keeps up this pace this could turn into like a record-breaking year for him Number four, just a big issue that we've now seen. If you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers game Sunday, you'd be see the issue of coaches challenging pass interference calls. And in the Steelers, it was a very controversial one that got turned. It got reversed as there was a play downfield where it was not called pass interference. But Pete Curl, who was the coach for the Seattle Seahawks, he decided to challenge the play, and it ended up being reversed, calling a pass interference on the Steelers, giving the Seahawks a first down but I think it's just a fact of like 
a lot of people are upset, and I've heard a couple people say this before, fans mostly, which I, I mean, I still agree with is, why are we letting coaches challenge plays? Because isn't that kind of just going with the fact of, aren't we kind of letting the refs make up calls? Like, aren't we letting them kind of like fabricate something that, hey, it's just kind of like there? Like, hey, he he touched him before the ball got there. But I mean, like, would you have called that initially? No, I mean, we all understand we don't want another Saints and Rams where a team ends because of a blatant call and the refs don't call it. A lot of people say that they should, that it, this should just be like, they're still upset because they're like, the Rams should have just made that call. The Saints should be going to the Super Bowl. They should have gone to the Super Bowl last year. They might have still lost the Patriots. So I don't, they, a lot of people think it wouldn't have mattered. Then we wouldn't have this call of like you're able to challenge and refs are able to just kind of like make up pass interference calls like that aren't even there. Or that some people – yeah, some people just think they just kind of – in some cases just make up calls. I don't know if I really saw anything there. I mean I know I'm not a professional ref, but I know, I know a lot of people I know didn't see anything in there either. But I've, but I've been, of course, the Steelers, it was called the way it was because Pete Carroll did challenge it, and then they reversed it going off, like, a review, which would never happen in years prior. And then the fifth takeaway that I would say from week two is just the fact that there's a lot of great young talent in the NFL. I talked about it earlier, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield. There's just – there's so many great – Baker Mayfield will be playing Monday night. But there's just so much great talent that's coming with these guys. Kyler Murray, I, I think he's starting to step up. He's trying to he's he's starting to step into his own more than not, just because of the fact of I really think he's like trying to start to calm down. Like I feel like, well, especially when they're number one pick, like everybody expects, oh, you got to be good right off the bat. No, it, it takes some time, and I think they realize that Kyler Murray's he's starting to step into his he, like he's starting to feel it. So he like he's starting to feel it out, and he's starting to understand like what his place is and how his offense works with Cliff Kingsbury their head coach and like what this offense is meant to do and like how the speed it's supposed to go at no faster no slower type thing like trying to just figure out like the quirk like just the stuff and how this offense runs and like the best way to run together so I feel like especially with these young talents it might yeah it might take a year but I feel like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson like if they they I feel like I talked I talked about Lamar earlier with his big season a chance at a big season. I just feel like it took him like a couple years to like out of Louisville and in the pros for the Ravens. Like kind of feel out the offense, understand like what his part is, like where the reads are, where they're most going to be. And I mean, sometimes you only understand like the reads only going to be there whenever you play that team. Like that's why some people think Brady has an edge because he's played every team multiple, multiple to like probably tens of times, just like every team in the NFL. So he's like, He's like, oh, I remember from last year because I played you before, and I remember that this corner didn't play well against this receiver. Like, these rookies don't know that going in. Like, that one receiver always has a career game against a cornerback. Like, yeah, it says in the stat sheet, or, or, or it's just like the confidence of, oh, my receiver is always going to make a crisp cut across the middle, but he might not always make a crisp cut going to the sideline type thing. Like, he, maybe he were, maybe just because of the fact of the way he runs his routes, they're, like he runs a crisper slant than he does a five-yard out. It's just like, it's that stuff that, or like, there are a lot, most teams, whenever they play a cover two, this always beats them. And like, I, I'm always going to have this in an audible, like I always have an audible in the back of my head for a cover two and a cover three beater if they automatically come out in that. And it's just that that just comes with being in the NFL for more years. And I feel like Kyler Murray, he can really he, he I feel like he'll definitely start to set into his own if he like especially whenever he gets a couple wins and then just a couple and then maybe a season or two under his belt. Kind of being in the position where Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield is at this point. Now we're gonna move on to a quick segment on the NCAA. They didn't have a crazy 
week three, but it's looking like they will have a, a pretty exciting week four for all the fans as week three, the only thing that really happened was there were three newcomers that were able to jump into the top 25, and that was the California Bears, the Arizona State Sun Devils, and then the TCU Horn Frogs were all able to jump into the into the top 25. But the thing that I really want to get to just now is talking about there are three main games that are top 25 matchups that could completely flip like the grid for some of these teams' seasons. And there are, there are three of the big ones are going to happen all in one week. Well, just the first game of them would be Michigan and Wisconsin. This game is going to be big, especially for Big Ten. And especially also if you're, if you're an Ohio State fan, of course, you're going to definitely have your eye on this one for seeing who the real threat is to your to your Big Ten throne. Is it Wisconsin or is it Michigan? Because if Michigan wins, that just makes that game at the, at the last week of the season even a bigger game. But if it's Wisconsin, it could it's going to be the Big Ten championship. It would be the first time that you meet them. The second game I talk about would be the Texas A&M-Auburn game. Auburn, this is, I'm pretty sure, the second team out of six top 25 teams they'll play this year. As they... They did win that, they would, or the top 25 teams that they play this year. They did win that crazy game against Oregon in, in the second week of the season. So, with Bo Nix throwing that game winning touchdown pass, and Texas AM, they, they're trying to rebound, especially that week two. They also had a big game week two against number one Clemson, where they, they didn't, definitely did not play their best game if you watched it. They definitely did not play their best game. So, I feel like they're definitely looking for a bounce back whenever they get the, because this would be their next chance to play a top 25 opponent and really show what they can do. Then, the big game that will be 8 o'clock, it will be the biggest game of them all. It will be Georgia and Notre Dame. This is a ginormous game, especially for college football implications, because Georgia, going down the road, if they can win this game, this, this is going to have absolutely, like, bigger than a lot of people can think playoff implications, saying that they beat a top 10 Notre Dame team. This early in the season, it wasn't even later down in the season. So, and I just think that those are definitely the three biggest games. And Georgia and Notre Dame will definitely highlight those three, just because though this that's the one game that is a top ten versus top ten matchup, and it's eight o'clock primetime game, and it would just be the, all the spotlight will be on them just for that fact. Like it will be on the it will be on the national networks. Like this is just a big time game. No matter what team wins it. If they're looking like, oh, we deserve to be in this bowl or we deserve to be in the college football playoffs especially, this is definitely a game that they could point to. Like, this is a top 10 win that we got early in the season. Like, this isn't later down in the season. And with that said, I want to thank you for listening to the 23rd edition of the Sports Run-On Podcast. As I talked about those top 25 games, Michigan, Wisconsin, Auburn, Texas A&M, and Georgia and Notre Dame, if you'd like to see my, like, full analysis or, like, mostly score prediction of – well, who I think will win those games that that will be coming out this Friday. So make sure to subscribe down below so you'll know whenever the next podcast is going to be coming out. So you'll know you'll be able to listen into my predictions. And I mean, also let me know on this one or on the prediction video. Like, let, let, make sure to comment down below. Like, if you disagree with a pick or like you think there's a big topic that I missed, like that I should have spent more time on, or. Maybe in the upcoming week, your team has a big game and you'd like me to do like a little segment on it. Make sure to reach me out because I'm definitely open for doing many different teams or like talking about many different stuff that maybe isn't like the ginormous news. Like it's maybe it's kind of like a side story, but you want me to focus more on that because like that's your team. So make sure to comment down below if you like have one of those stories that you want me to focus more on in the next podcast. With that said, I want to thank you all for listening.